Good morning, New Hope. Uh, it's so glad to be here with my sister, Sabrina, who has an incredible life change story. You know, it testifies that God can meet us at any time, at any place. And for Sabrina, it happened uh, at night in her bed where the Spirit of God uh, visited her in a life-changing way. And as she responded to the conviction of the Holy Spirit in her life, she made a decision right there and then in her bed to turn her life around and to follow Jesus. And Sabrina, you've shared with me just how meaningful that was and how much you've changed. Tell us, uh, how did that, uh, that incident change your life? Okay, well, honestly, I'm nervous, but the truth is, one, time, one night I was in my bed, and I heard a voice say that my love is not like the world's love. Mm. And at that time, I was selfish, I was mean, I was, everything was about me. But as soon as I heard that voice, something, something happened in my life, and now I'm nice, and it's just like I have love for, it doesn't matter who you are, I have love for you. It's like a different in my heart. It's a heart change. It's, so good. I'm not the same. It's so good. It's God. Well, Sabrina, I want to ask you in front of your faith community, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And do you desire to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Well, on your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, church, keep it going. Celebrate the goodness of God and what he's doing in our lives. Aren't you just thankful for the Lord today? There's a spirit of worship in this place, and I'm trusting it is going down at the campuses as well. Come on, count of three. Welcome all the campuses. One, two, three. We love you guys over there in Garner, Sanford, Hillsboro, Kenya, Durham, online community. Man. It's gonna be a good day. Sometimes you can just tell when it's gonna be a good day up in the house of the Lord. We're gonna have church up in here. As my friends in Australia say, we're gonna have church up in here. <laughs> hey, I'm just wondering, we're changing up the flow a little bit today. We normally don't do this at this point in time, but in our programming, we just decided it worked best today. Um, so we're gonna to transition to the offering moment. And I'm just wondering, do we have any cheerful givers up in the house today? <laughs> Folks who understand, listen, very short, very short. The reason we give to the Lord is for stories like that that you just heard. The reason we give to the Lord is those stories are represented at all of our campuses right now where lives are being changed. The reason we give to the Lord, because we're a church where children and students are being discipled in the Lord. SKO is coming, the student ministry event later this summer. You don't wanna miss it. In fact, later this month, young adults this past week, had the largest young adults crowd they've ever had this week. Praise God. And July 4th, we are gonna have a party here on July 4th, Sunday. This year is July 4th. We're gonna have a party, we're gonna have free food, kids activities, and we're going to have baptisms. This is why we give to the Lord, because we are able to change lives. And so if you're here and you desire baptism, you've never had a legit 
public profession of your faith, we need you to let us know. Do the QR code, register to get baptized, contact the office, whatever the case may be. But that is why so many of us tithe to the Lord at this church. And if I can just take a moment of, I don't know, what shall I call it? Pastoral privilege is the way they used to say it. If I can just take a moment and say, hey, it's summertime. We, ca- we just came out of a global pandemic. Many of us changed some habits in the last 18 months or so. Can I just encourage you to put the Lord first? We just sang about the alpha and the omega. He is the first and he is the what? Last, can I just encourage you to go online and make sure, because you're gonna be traveling this summer, you're gonna be doing your thing like everybody's gonna be traveling and vacation and all that kind of stuff. Make sure you are faithful to the Lord and his church and what he is doing right here. If you're with me, can I hear an amen? amen. <clears throat> Everybody say mindset. mindset. Everybody say change your thinking. Change. Everybody say change your life. Change. Here we are, part five, mindset. Change your thinking, change your life. And man, it is a robust series. And it's gonna end on the 27th of this month. I'm already grieving the end of this series. But if you have missed any of it, go to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe. I think we're going on like 16, 17,000 subscribers now. Go to our YouTube channel, subscribe. Watch the messages if you have missed any. One way or another, I've been trying to remind us all every single week that it is impossible to have a positive life when you have a negative mind. Come on, read that with me, go. It is almost impossible to have a positive life when you have a negative mind. And this can be the problem, right? Our our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. You guys ever, uh, I'm sure you have, when you ride through the mountains of like North Carolina or Georgia, even South Carolina, they got some pitiful mountains down there, Tennessee, when you ride through the mountains, right, have you ever noticed these these 18-wheeler, they're the the runaway ramps, have you noticed these? Where if you get behind an 18-wheeler and it's a steep hill going down, you can smell their brakes, have you guys experienced this? And you can smell their brakes and sometimes the, the truck gets away from them and so what they do in these mountains is they have these runaway ramps. Here's one. It's a runaway ramp. And the, the truckers have a choice. Can I keep making it down this mountain or do I need to use the runaway ramp? I actually saw an 18-wheeler many years ago, about 20 years ago, have to use one of these. And it was destructive. They got to go up there and, and there's normally these big mounds to kind of stop them so they're slamming. In the same way, I think we tend to have runaway thoughts. Anybody here have runaway thoughts? Oh, we got some honest people in the house of the Lord today. Where your mind just starts running away from you. I thought about what that might look like. You're a student and you're worried about making a bad grade. Because if you make a bad grade on a test, you know that you're gonna be worried about getting into the right college. And oh no, what if I don't get into the right college? Then I I won't have the right career. And if I don't have the right career, I'm not gonna marry the right person. And if I don't marry the right person, our kids are likely going to be in trouble. And if our kids are in trouble, they're likely to have braces. And braces are expensive. (laughs) 
And if they have braces and it's expensive, then they're, they're liable to live a life of crime. And if they live a life of crime, they're gonna end up in the state penitentiary. And if they end up in the state penitentiary, oh Lord, it's just all giving me a headache. Oh, I must have a brain tumor. <laughs> I mean, right, the, the mind, if you're not, it can be like a runaway 18-wheeler, right? What mindset is helping us do, it's helping us get a hold of our thoughts. And what I've been saying again each week, love is a battlefield. That's what Pat Benadar said. She got it wrong. Your mind is a battlefield. And what we're talking about today is declaring war on the devil who is a liar. The devil is a liar. Let me hear you say that. The devil is a liar. Some of you said that way too nice. When you're speaking to the devil, you got to get an attitude. Go ahead, she said. I'm going to go ahead. Ready? One, two, three. The devil is a liar. The devil will lie to you and he will convince you of things that are not true. And if you believe them long enough, they will actually turn into truth for you. And mindset is about getting our minds back, taking control of our minds and realizing that there are neural pathways in our brains that become negative and destructive. And the Bible calls them strongholds and the Satan himself uses those. That's why the Bible says in John 10, 10 out loud with me today, ready, go. The thief enemy comes only to kill and destroy. The devil is a liar. And Jesus would say right after this, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Paul would pick up on Romans 12 too. You guys like the word of the Lord? We're gonna look at a lot of scripture today. Romans 12 too, ready? Go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? transformed by the renewing of your then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will it's about training it's about training our minds now most everybody here has thought at some point in time about training your body Right, we, 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 we do that. And many of you have been thinking more about it in recent months because COVID is over. What do they call it? The quarantine 15? <laughs> COVID is over and summertime is coming, so bathing suit season is coming. Ah! We, we, think, we think about training our bodies, but do we think about training our minds? And what I wanna do today is I wanna to talk to you very carefully about something I promise you that will change your life if you will put it into practice, but it won't happen overnight. It takes time. I wanna to talk to you today about digging ditches of truth in your life. I wanna to talk to you about integrating truth in your life to overcome the lies that Satan has been trying to convince you to believe. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. The Bible says this, finally, Paul's getting towards the end of this book. Finally, brothers and sisters, help me out church, whatever is what? Whatever is, whatever is, Whatever is, 
whatever is, whatever is. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what does the Bible say? Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Paul says, put that in to practice. And the God of peace will be with you. I wanna talk to you about integrating truth in your life to overcome the lies. Put another way, I wanna talk to you about how to fix your thoughts. The Bible says, here's what you fix them on. You fix them on things that are honorable, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable. I like how the King James Version said it so very long ago. If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, what's that next word? Meditate. Meditate on these things. Now, meditate is a word that we don't really know what to do with because Eastern religion, Eastern meditation kind of messes with us a little bit. And we, when the moment I say meditation, here's what some of you immediately think. I used to as well. Um. And in Eastern meditation, what Eastern meditation teaches you to do is to enter into a state of emptying yourself. If you really study Eastern meditation, it's all about emptying yourself and getting to a state of nothingness so that you can experience calm and peace. Hey, that's fine for those who want to do that. That is not what Christian meditation is about. Christian meditation is not about emptying yourself. <laughs> Christian meditation is about feeling yourself, feeling your brain, feeling your mind with good thoughts, things that are lovely, things that are praiseworthy, things that are admirable, things that are true. It's about filling up the mind. Here's a simple working definition for us as we get into this concept of meditation today. It's to engage in mental exercise to focus one's thoughts. That's what meditation is, biblically speaking from a Christian perspective. It is to engage in mental exercise. Look at what it says, to focus one's thoughts. Couple of biblical examples. Psalm 119, 15, out loud, church, ready, go. I meditate, God, on your precepts and consider your ways. Psalm 143, 5, all the campuses, come on, read it out loud with me, ready, go. I meditate, God, on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Taking control of your mind, hear me, is about developing the skill of focus. Amen. It is about training your mind with new neural pathways. If you missed the week where I talked about neural pathways, go back and catch it. It's about training your mind with new neural pathways that prevent your mind from running off into negative directions and needing runaway ramps to calm us down, usually it comes with destruction. And instead, it is about learning how to focus. How to focus. Jackie Chan, y'all remember Jackie Chan from Karate Kid? Remember that, remember that movie? By the way, the second one was not nearly as good as the first. One, two, three, have no mercy, sweep the leg. <laughs> the second one just wasn't nearly as good, right? Here's what he said. I love this quote. Here's what he said. He said, your focus needs more focus. Come on. 
Your focus needs more focus. And we all can work on this concept of focus. Maybe you're here today and you really, really, really need to focus on your focus. Come on, look at your neighbor and say focus. You need to learn to focus, right? Let's go get this today. We're going to learn to meditate on God's truth. If you're ready to make this practical, if you're ready for me to apply this, let me hear you say, I'm ready. ready. If you're online, type in the chat, I'm ready. Here we go. This is going to follow up with week one. You, You might recall, if you were here week one, I talked about strongholds. And I defined those. You guys remember I opened up my journal and I read some strongholds that that Satan was trying to destroy me with. And then I shared with you some biblical truths that trump that. If you missed it, go back and check out week one. I told you then that I was gonna return to strongholds. And so I'm returning today to actually just take take it to the next level. Maybe go a little deeper, if you will. Here are some steps, just two steps that I want to talk to you about today that will put this into practice. And church, I'm telling you, I don't know that I've ever taught you anything that I think has the power to transform your life as much as what I'm about to teach you right now. I know that's a big statement, but it has been that way in my life. And I am convinced that the mind is the most important organ in the body. And if we don't get this right, we will live defeated lives of negativity, of pessimism. Satan will come in and get a stronghold and we will be just like the world as opposed to living lives that are on, that's on the higher plane, if you will. So what you wanna do is follow two steps. The first step is you want to think about what is a stronghold that is holding you back? Jot that down. What is a stronghold that is holding you back? For example, you might have been raised in a family that was low income or maybe middle income, but you didn't have much, right? A lot of us grew up like that. And because of that, you've developed certain neural pathways and you don't see yourself ever being able to be successful. You don't see yourself ever being able to be comfortable. Or you might have grown up around addiction or maybe your story was a little like mine and you were addicted to many different things. And because of that, you have a hard time actually ever seeing yourself as free. And yet Jesus said, you will know the truth and what? The truth shall set you free. But maybe you're still caught up in addictions because really at the, at, the, at the end of the day, what's going on is you can't see yourself as anything but addicted or maybe healthy. Maybe you grew up in a family that wasn't very healthy. And like if you grew up where I'm from, man, back where I'm from, when I was a kid, all we ate was fried stuff. Fried chicken, fried steak, fried pork chop with gravy, glory to God, on greasy rice. <laughs> Any greasy rice people up in the house? <laughs> so so as, I, as I became an adult and, and left home and came here for school, um, I got around people who, who ate healthy. And so, you know, I had to learn new ways to live. But maybe, maybe beneath it all, you still go back to food and particularly unhealthy food. I'll talk about that at the end. Or maybe you don't think you'll ever have a meaningful job. 
And because of that, you keep bouncing from job to job to job and you can't really find a break in life or so you think. So step one is you think what stronghold is holding you or make it personal, me back. Here's the second thing you do. What biblical truth from God's word demolishes that stronghold? What biblical truth from God's word will demolish that stronghold? To which you might say, well, how do you know it'll demolish it? If you miss these weeks, this is really important. The, the, the foundational passage of scripture for this, for this series mindset is 2 Corinthians 10. Heck, let's just go ahead and read it. I think they have it ready. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Hello. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, here it is. They have divine power. Everybody say power. Power. To demolish strongholds. The word there is dunamis. Leave that up there. Dunamis. It's the the Greek word from which we get the word dynamite. It's it's explosive. The The word of the Lord is powerful to explode and demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we do what, church? Take captive. Everybody say, take captive. We take captive. What do we do? Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So again, listen in. I'm telling, I'm gonna give you some examples in just a moment. This will change your life. This will change your mind. Now, I got good news and I got bad news. What do you want first? Okay, bad news. It will take some work. I told you week one. You can't, just, you can't just write notes on this and then put it aside and think new neural pathways are going to be developed in your brain. I've been working against strongholds, listen, for years. Years. And I've been declaring biblical truths over those strongholds for years. And then I'll go through seasons where I feel like I'm doing good and I got it. But then before long, you slip right back into it and and Satan will come back and attack you. That's when you go back to the stronghold. That's when you go back to what you've memorized and you tell Satan, he's a liar. Get thee behind me. And you take those thoughts captive to Christ. And here's what you do. Oh my Lord, write this down. Once you declare the stronghold, you write it. You think it. You confess it and you believe it. What do you do, church? You write it. You think it. You confess it. Until you believe it. I can't hear some of you at all the campuses. I want to hear you. What do you do? You write it. You think it. Confess it until we believe it. One more time. We write it. What do we do? We think it. We confess it until we believe it. And in time, again, it takes time. Guys, I might show you some more of my journal on the 27th. I can show you pages and pages and pages of strongholds that I've had to learn to overcome and let the word of the Lord demolish. And I'm not out of the woods yet, right? I'm just, people have a tendency to put pastors up on a pedestal. Guys, I am just like you. I put my pants on just like you do. I've got strongholds that I struggle with. But what you do is you take these biblical truths, you declare them over the stronghold, you put them to memory, so that as you memorize these things, before long, they just become 
a part of who you are. And before long, you might not have to quote them every single day, but you have them in your mind. The Bible says, store up the word of the Lord in your heart. You have them in your mind so that when the enemy comes at you, you can obliterate and demolish strongholds. Couple of examples. Maybe you're here and you struggle with your confidence. Anybody ever struggle? Man, confidence is one of those things, man. If you don't have your confidence, you, you, you know when you walk in a room, you know whether you have confidence or whether you're struggling with it. Anybody here, I'm just curious, am I all alone here? Anybody ever struggle with your confidence? But let's just say you're here and you struggle with your confidence from time to time. I sure have, I sure do. Here's how you might articulate that stronghold. I always seem to lack confidence and my insecurities get the best of me. Now, don't steal mine. You gotta write them in your own words. You gotta do the work, but that would be a good statement of a stronghold. Here's the confidence. Here's the biblical truth out loud with me, really strong. My confidence is in Christ and what? Christ alone. Because the Holy Spirit lives in me, I can do all things God calls me to do. What do we do? Write it, think it, confess it until we believe it. One more time. Write it, think it, confess it until we believe it. Do you see how it works? You identify the stronghold. Where is Satan eating your lunch? Where is he wreaking havoc in your life? Only you know, right? And maybe some of your closest friends. You state it, then you write a biblical truth to combat it. You guys want a few more? Oh, uh, yes. Here's a stronghold, okay? I find this to be the case for a lot of people. I've been here. So like everything I'm talking to you about today, right? This is, I've been there right there with you. It's hard sometimes to discern God's will for your life. Anybody here ever had a hard time just figuring that out? And if you're anything like me, sometimes you figure it out like generally, but what does that look like in a specific kind of way? So you might state it like this. I can't seem to discover God's will for my life. It's a pithy, short Statement of a stronghold that I know many of you are trying to discern right now. Way to go. Biggest question you can ever ask. Here's the biblical truth. Daily I will seek him. Daily he will direct my steps. I will study what? The Bible. Learn his voice and the Holy Spirit will lead me to discover God's perfect will, John 10, 27 and 28. Once you get that down, again, you gotta do the work, put it in your own words. What do we do? What do we do, church, huh? Write it, write it think it, confess it, believe it. What do we do? We write it, we think it, we confess it and we believe it. Maybe you're here and the stronghold that is, continuously wreaking havoc on your soul is lust. Maybe you're here and you, only you know this, but you spend your days at times undressing men or women in your mind, having fantasy thoughts, or you're wrapped up in pornography. It is an epidemic in our culture. It is so destructive it is so demonic. It ruins every form of healthy sexuality that God has given us. 
If that is a stronghold for you, you gotta write it down. You gotta do business with it. So you might say it like this. Regardless of how hard I try, I keep giving in to lustful thoughts. That's a stronghold. You acknowledge it. You write it down. You put it in front of you. You run to the word of the Lord. You find biblical truth that can obliterate and demolish that stronghold. If you will put it to memory, form new habits, develop new neural pathways. Here's a biblical truth that you might put to a stronghold like that. I'm not a slave to lustful thoughts because God has purified my mind. I will honor him with my eyes and my thoughts. My God is faithful. Even if I'm tempted, God will not let me be tempted beyond what I can bear. You just declare it over and over and over again. And when those thoughts come back, what do you do? You declare the biblical truth. I'm gonna invite all the bands to come on back out at all the campuses and get us ready to go into this next song. But what do you do with that, church? What do you do? What do you do? You write it. What do you do? You think it. What do you do? You confess it. What do you do? Until you believe it. You write it. You think it. You confess it and you believe it. And as you do, you are training your mind in godliness and holiness. Y'all want a few more? This is good. Here's one more. Maybe, maybe do two more. Anybody here struggle with anxiety? Anxiety. Man, 2020 was a year of anxiety, right? So here's a stronghold. I seem to always get anxious in the world and fearful of the future. Anybody relate? I get anxious in the world, and then when I think about the future, I get fearful. Man, 2020 was a year to make us all anxious. And what I'm afraid is that some of us got so caught up in anxiety in 2020 that we haven't been able to shake it. And we live anxious lives. Here's a truth. Here's a biblical truth that you could state against that. Because of Christ Jesus. Hey, won't you read it out loud with me? Ready? Go. Because of Christ Jesus, I am not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and what? Ruling in my mind. What do we do? I'm not even gonna have him put it up on the wall. Take it down, take it down, take it down. Y'all should memorize it by now. Y'all got it? What do we do? We write it. We think it. We confess it until we believe it. Come on, some of you, some of you are you're trying to memorize. Just say it with us. What do we do? We write it. We think it. We confess it until we believe it. Out loud, we what? We write it. We think it. We confess it until we believe it. Hey, one more. When she says, go ahead. This one is, this one is an issue that I would venture to guess everybody in here has struggled with at some point in time. When we get stressed out, and this, this is interesting, as I was doing this one, Caleb, this one just kept growing on me. I first said, you know, when we're stressed out, we turn to food. Anybody do that? When I'm stressed out, I turn to food. 
And then I realized, well, you know what? When we're stressed out, some people turn to drinks. Then I said, when we're stressed out, some people turn to shopping. Ladies, any, 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 any stress shoppers in the house? I know it's just not ladies, but hey. Or we turn to drugs, right? These are things that we as a culture tend to turn to. So I put it like this. Again, it kept building on me, so I just put it all into one sentence. When I get stressed out, I tend to find comfort in food, drink, shopping, and or drugs, all inclusive. You, you gotta be in there somewhere. You know you can overcome that. Just feel the Spirit leading me just to calm down for just a moment here and just camp out on that for a moment. Some of you have been fighting bad eating habits your entire life. You get stressed, you can't sleep, whatever. You make it downstairs or whatever and you just eat stuff you shouldn't eat. Drink stuff you shouldn't drink. Worst case scenario, maybe you do drugs. You sit down and you craft in your own words the biblical truth that will combat that. Here would be an example. When I am stressed out, I turn to God. Not food, not drink, not shopping, and not drugs. I come to Jesus because He is what I need, and in Him, I find my ultimate source of strength and comfort. What do you do? What do you do? You write it, you think it, you confess it until you believe it. You write it, you think it, you confess it until you believe it. And I'm telling you, I've been practicing this for about four or five years now. Take courage. Some of you have been being defeated by so many things so long, you're listening to me and you're thinking, I'm not sure it can work. I'm not sure I'll ever get on the other side of this. Have you ever done something like this? Have you ever identified those strongholds, then combated those with biblical truth, put them to memory and quoted them every time something came at your way. And if you're struggling to believe that you can ever get on the victory side of that stronghold, whatever it is for you, take courage. Borrow some of my faith. I'm just crazy enough to believe that if you will put this into practice, God's Word is still faithful. God's Word is still active. God's Word is still a living sword that will give you power and victory in Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So would you just stand at all of our camps? Just stand to your feet. I wanna pray over us. Let's just pray together as we wrap this up today. Father, today I wanna thank you for the power of the risen Christ that is in this place. And Father, I pray that you would take the truth of your word and that you would renew our minds with that truth. Father, at all of our campuses and even for those who are watching online, 
the New Hope Nation all over the world. Father, would you renew our minds? Father, would you give us a spirit of submission and surrender to you right now? And if you're here or online or at a campus and you have areas in your life where you desperately need God to demolish some strongholds, you need God to renew some areas of your mind, whatever that case may be, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just lift up your hand just as a way to say, God, I need you to transform my mind. God, I need you to renew my mind. Lift them up high. I need you to renew my mind. Hands all over this place. Father, God, would you bless your children. Father, we need you to do that which only you can do. Father, we thank you in advance that the devil is defeated. We thank you, oh God, that you have risen from the dead. And we thank you that you are going to renew our minds with your biblical truth. Father, I praise you for every single thought that we are going to take captive for Christ. I thank you for the victories that we are going to experience. Father, we thank you that you are doing a new thing in our minds and we yield to you this day. Now in the same spirit of prayer, just lift your heads, if you don't mind, your eyes and look at me for just a moment. Before we worship, I wanna declare some biblical truths over each and every one of you. It's by no means an exhaustive list, but please hear me out today. For those of you who are in Christ, and that's most of you, you are strong and you are mighty. You have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living inside of you. Give him all glory. Give him all praise. He lives in you. You are not a weapon of destruction. You are not a weapon of darkness. You, beloved, are a weapon of righteousness for God. You are not your past. You are not what you did. Come on, somebody. You are who God says you are. You've been forgiven. You've been redeemed. The blood of Jesus has washed your sins away. Worry. Worry is not your master. Jesus is your master. Sharice mentioned it earlier when she said that means ownership. Jesus is Lord, which means he owns you. You are a slave to his righteousness. You are a born again, blood-bought child of the most high God. He holds your days, he holds your yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Confidence. God has not given you a spirit of timidity or a spirit of fear, but God has given you a spirit of power and a sound mind. He has dominion over your mind. So take captive those destructive thoughts. You are not a slave to your bad habits, your eating habits, 
your drinking habits, your drugging habits, your pornographic habits. No, no, no. You are not a prisoner of your past. You are a slave to righteousness. He has a purpose for your life. And our God will do abundantly above and beyond everything you can ever hope, wish, or imagine. Nothing. What did I say? Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. Not death, not demons, not present, not past. No power on earth can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. You write it. You think it. You confess it until you believe it. And before long, you become it. Take courage, beloved. Take courage. God is doing a new thing in your mind. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's sing about it.